It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. This program, as many of you know, is brought to you by the company I work for, Nutritional Weight and Wellness. My name is Cassie Wienis. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian. And before we go into our topic today, the regular listeners know the routine. I have to say good morning to my two biggest fans listening back home. So good morning to my kindergartner, Riley, and my four-year-old, Rissy. And I have a special person in addition that I'd like to say good morning to today, and that is Emma, an eight-year-old that I met last week. Just a sweetheart, beautiful girl, um, and and just a real sweetheart of a girl, and she came to see me for some tummy aches she's having. So hopefully I got her on the right track, and hopefully she's listening this morning tummy ache free. And good morning to all of our listeners. You're in for a great show today. Some of you may remember that back in December, my colleague Leah Wetzel and I were on talking all things asthma. And we did our best on that show shortly before Christmas to explain what foods are often the culprits to asthma flare-ups. And on the other end of the spectrum, we talked a little about foods that can help prevent the asthma flare-ups from occurring. Well, we only got to about half of the talking points we had put together for the show that day, and so I asked the boss (laughs) if we could do sort of a part two. And so that's what Leah and I are here to do today, talk more about nutritional strategies to managing your asthma. So with that, I want to welcome Leah Wetzel, licensed nutritionist. And Leah, which offices are you working out of these days? You're kind of everywhere. Everywhere, right? Well, welcome. Thank you for having me on today with you. It's great to be on the show talking about asthma again. I think it's a great topic. I like to um, engage and share my experience as much as I can. But yes, so I counsel out of YZ. I do that on Mondays and Fridays. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and some Saturdays like today, I'm in St. Paul. And we're all really really busy aren't we it is mm-hmm. crazy busy and you were sharing with me how very very busy you've been lately yes, um, yes. but yeah I think everybody is pretty busy busy which I guess is is a good problem to have yes it is we're lucky yeah we're yeah our business is growing now Leah because I like to live vicariously through you I don't have much <laughs> of a travel budget these days that I'm working part-time and have two little ones at home But, you know, last time we were on the show together, you had just returned from Thailand. And now you're back from another fun destination. Another one. Yeah. So I just got back from Oregon. Uh, My husband's there doing a residency program for physical therapy for a year. And so I'm going here and there. I'm going to go visit him probably once a month or so. So I went to go visit him this last. I just got back on Monday and we had a great trip. We had a really great trip. We went out to the coast and saw some redwoods, and it was a good time. Oh, sounds beautiful. And did you eat any fresh fish while you were out there near the ocean? (laughs) You know what? No, I did not. Unfortunately, I don't really like fish very much. But I hear hear it's great. I hear wonderful things about the the coastal fish from Oregon. But I did take some fish oil. 
There you go. Yeah, so I was getting some omega-3s. <laughs> you know, I don't think everybody in this world is going to like every food. And so yeah. if you're not a fish lover, you're I wish doing I was. exactly the right thing. I really thing. do. You've tried. Yeah, I have sure, a lot to, yeah, to I like wish fish. Yeah. Well, we're going to be talking more about why fish can help downplay asthma flare-ups or fish oil can help downplay asthma flare-ups if you want to take it in supplement form. And that's really due to an essential ingredient that fish contains. We'll talk about that later in the show but first, let's start out again here this morning with just a brief recap of what asthma actually is. Yeah, and Cassie, and because of myself being and having to deal with asthma, why don't I give a little bit of a 101 of what asthma is? So basically what the condition is, is your lungs and the muscles which surround them and your airways tighten up and become inflamed. This constriction and inflammation causes narrowing of our airways, which you can imagine it's really hard to breathe and can be quite scary. Right. And when your airways are inflamed due to your asthma, they become very sensitive to triggers. Mm-hmm. And the triggers can really vary, can't they? From, they can. From person to person. So people find, some people find that certain foods might trigger an asthma attack. Yep. Other people might have an asthma attack triggered by air pollution yep. or pollen or pets, right? And when you come into contact with whatever your trigger is, your inflamed airways react by becoming more narrow and more constricted, and then less airflow gets to the lungs. And the symptoms are hard time breathing, wheezing, a lot of coughing, and oftentimes people will describe tightness in the chest. Yeah, and it's, and it's very uncomfortable. Well, and you speak from experience. Why don't you share? I know back in December you talked a little bit about your story and how you came to discover what the triggers to your asthma are. Recap that a little bit Sure. Yeah, I'll do a brief recap because I know I went into detail in December about it. But, um, yeah, I had a lot of triggers, and it really set in for me, you know, 19, late teens was when it really kind of set in for me, and I started to have real issues, and then I was diagnosed with asthma. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, you know, I had a lot of triggers. So allergies would trigger my asthma. Um, Come to discover later on in the years, food triggered my asthma, uh, cold weather exercise induced so it was it was a pretty big problem for me and sugar sugar right? sugar sugar yes. was huge come to disguise because at that time in my life i had a really poor diet i had a lot of sugar in my life yeah. and my drinks and my food um and i didn't really even realize how much i was having but i had a lot oh and so i'm sure you were the typical oh, yeah. american in terms of your intake but i remember back in december hearing your story for the first yes. time and thinking Oh my gosh, I never would have imagined you as ever unhealthy because looking at you now <laughs> and and you love to exercise and yep. be fit, but yes. yeah, yep. Leah was very unhealthy I at was, one time and, I was, yep. and really turned her life around. I so did. One of the big things for you, if I remember from um, when you gave the longer version of your story in December, gluten, right? Yes. So gluten for you, if you keep the gluten out and yes. of course eat healthy overall, your asthma flare-ups pretty much stay at base. Oh, exactly, so, yep. So I think everybody needs to kind of consider that. Yes, and so for me, that wasn't something I found out right away because I, I had taken a year and I got healthy. I got off the sugar. Right. I was eating real foods but was including what I thought healthy foods for me but included gluten, you know, like whole grain sure. breads and oatmeal. oatmeal. And... I ate a lot of oatmeal, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got made fun of because I ate so much oatmeal <laughs> at that time in my life. Uh, and I was still having a I lost the weight. I was feeling pretty good, still asthma. It wasn't until I started working for Nutritional Weight and Wellness that I discovered, working with Dar, she's like, uh, it looks like you have a food sensitivity to gluten. Cutting it out made a huge difference for me. 
Isn't that amazing? So if any of you are thinking maybe gluten might be a piece of the puzzle for you, gluten, just so you know, is the protein that you find in wheat, barley, rye, oats. Those are the biggies, wheat, barley, rye, and oats, but also spelt and kamut. Yes, yes, right. And some of the places that you might find that gluten is in foods like breads, crackers, pasta, cookies, and any other baked goods. Mm -hmm. And the oatmeal. Oatmeal, yep. Yeah. So do consider these gluten-containing foods as maybe a potential trigger for you if you have asthma. But as you do that, don't forget about dairy. I know for many of my clients with asthma, dairy is often the bigger trigger for them. Yes, exactly. Yes, for all your listeners out there with uncontrolled asthma, or if the asthma you're currently controlling is through by like a prescription medication or over-the-counter medication, consider removing gluten or dairy or maybe, you know, maybe exploring both and that's kind of what I did and see if it helps to put your asthma into remission like for me right right because you're dairy free too I am yep and we did mention gluten and dairy as possible triggers for an asthma flare-up the last time we were on the show together so hopefully this isn't a new message for our regular listeners but another possible trigger um, that we spent quite a bit of time talking about was the processed carbohydrates yes Yes. And remember, processed carbohydrates are basically anything that comes out of a processing plant. I like that. That's a good way to remember it. Yep, I do too. So things like granola bars, cold breakfast cereals, breads, potato chips are all processed foods that can cause an asthma flare-up because it turns internally into a lot of sugar. And I used to eat a lot of granola when I was trying to be Mm -hmm. healthy. I ate a lot of cereal, like the kosh, more of the whole grain cereals. What looked healthy. Oatmeal. On the box. Yes, yeah, at yes. least you were grabbing that. I, but I included a lot more of the whole grains. So, um, but now that I know internally, it turns into sugar. Right. Yeah. And the bottom line is sugar equals inflammation. Yes. You know, for some people, maybe that's aches and pains in their joints. That's exactly. where the sugar causes inflammation. Exactly. Or for some people, it might be a and really bad headache or a migraine, inflammation in your brain. Exactly. But if you have asthma, the sugar is causing inflammation in your lungs and in your airways. So as you get rid of these processed carbohydrates in your diet, don't forget the obvious sources of sugar either. Yes. Oh, you mean like soda and juice? Yeah, yeah. those are packed full of sugar. And those mm-hmm. are things I used to live off of. I used to not drink a lot of water. I thought right. juice was healthy, so I drink a lot of juice. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, now you know better. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, those would be obvious sources of sugar, pop and juice. Um And Leah, I know you know this, but it might be new information for some of our listeners that a 20-ounce bottle of pop, like you used to drink, turns into 17 teaspoons of sugar. 17. Wow. And guess what, Cassie? It's already time for our first break. Ah. So here's a question to ponder while we go to break. Should the government regulate sugar? Hmm. Hmm. Just like it regulates alcohol and tobacco. There are there have been some discussion recently by various regulatory entities and some of the country's top health experts regarding the idea that sugar is just as toxic as alcohol and tobacco. And so the government should step in and try to curb its consumption. It's something that will give you some of our thoughts about this when we return. And if you have any questions today regarding asthma, call us here at the studio at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Vicky 
Up Nutrition. If you're just tuning in, my name is Cassie Wienis. I'm a licensed and registered dietitian at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, and I'm here this morning with my colleague, Leah Wetzel, who is a licensed nutritionist, and today we're talking about nutritional strategies to manage asthma. Now, we were talking quite a bit about sugar and how sugar can cause a flare-up in people with asthma because it can create inflammation in the lungs and in the airways and be a trigger in that way. And then before we went to break, Leah posed the question, should the government regulate sugar just like it regulates alcohol and tobacco? Now, I know probably none of us want the government dictating any more of our lives than they (laughs) already are, but you know what? Personally, I think this is an idea worth considering. We have to make some changes somewhere, somehow, We have to do something because everybody seems to be getting sicker in this country. You know, just this last fall, the United Nations announced that chronic diseases like heart disease, cancer, diabetes, these contribute to 35 million deaths worldwide each year. And according to the U.N., tobacco, alcohol and diet were three of the biggest risk factors that contributed to this death rate. Mm -hmm. And we talk about it all the time, Leah, don't we? We do. In, In classes and On the radio show that sugar consumption has dramatically increased over the past 50 years. And keep in mind that sugar acts on the same areas of the brain as alcohol and tobacco to encourage continued use. Yep. You know, and I agree with some of these health experts that we need to label sugar and we need to think of it as toxic, at least when we're eating it in excess. I'm not saying ban sugar by any means. It's just that we're over-consuming and, it. And people are unaware. Mm-hmm. So but to bring awareness to how Good much point. sugar they're eating and labeling that, I think it does make a lot of sense. I really do think something needs to be done. You know, I work with a lot of my clients at Nutritional Weight and Wellness that are very addicted to sugar. Yes. And to keep in mind that these recent stats say about 40% of normal weight people, that's normal weight people, develop diseases like diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and I bet many of these normal weight people are eating far too much sugar. You know, I had a gal come up to me after I taught a a corporate class here not too long ago, and she had just been diagnosed with prediabetes, and she was just beside herself and thinking, you know, what can I do, and what am I doing wrong, and she's eating low fat, and her weight is perfect. And so right away, my mind is thinking, oh my gosh, you are eating too much sugar, you've created this insulin resistance, Mm -hmm. And so, of course, you can't explain that in a minute or two after I class. Know, I, know. I, I encouraged her to take our Avoiding the Diabetes Epidemic class. But yep. absolutely, as the stats say, you can be normal weight and yes. have some of these health conditions. Yeah. And they often associate them with obesity or being overweight. But a lot of norm- just because you're normal weight doesn't necessarily mean that you're equal- healthy. Yep, healthy. Yep. You know, and one more thing I wanted to say about this sugar piece. It, it comes to mind. Yesterday, I was listening to 107.1 and... Um, Oh, somebody, Reese, it must have been Elizabeth Reese was filling in for somebody. Anyway, on 107.1, she was talking about how some of the coffee shops are now offering little kid coffee drinks. I think that's awful. The foo-foo coffee drinks so that they can be with mommy and get their thing too. So things like mochas and these caramel lattes and... Sugar, sugar, sugar. Oh, (laughs) and I bet you, mom, there's a lot of good moms out there that probably aren't even making a connection. They're thinking, oh, I need to get my coffee fixed, so I'll just treat my little one. But it's just a bunch of sugar. You yep. don't need to get them started down that road. Exactly. So, Cassie, we have a couple callers today. Oh, good. Take a couple callers. Yeah. Amy, thanks for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question about cereal? 
Yeah, you were talking about the coffee cereal and how it appears to be healthier than the rest. Um, I am a big cereal eater for breakfast, and I've gotten away from the super sugary thing. Yeah. Um, and, but every time I read a label, it seems like sugar is like the third ingredient. Yeah. So I was just wondering what a really good breakfast food or like cereal, something fast that I can feed for me and my son that's not incredibly sugary. That is a great, great question. question. And unfortunately, a lot of that has to be probably walking away from the cereal. Now, a little, a little bit later on the show, Cassie and I are going to talk a little bit about what we've done to transition to different types of breakfast foods. I used to eat sugar or sugar, excuse me, cereal, cereal. every day. Yeah, yes, right. exactly. <laughs> every day for me breakfast. Too. And and it's and two, just to let you know, beyond looking at the sugar content in the cereal, you gotta look at the total grams of carbohydrates you're going to be consuming because that equals All how much turns sugar to sugar. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So um yeah, and one of the things that Leah is gonna talk more about is a protein shake that yes. is super fast and it's actually a, a recipe on our website. So just in case you miss it when we're talking about it later in the show, um that's a really quick and easy quick and easy thing that you know, can take place of that cereal. Cause I get it as a mom, you want something quick and fast. Yep. And my yeah. kids love the protein shake. They call it when Rissy was three and she couldn't pronounce it. It was the protein smoothie. smoothie. <laughs> oh yeah. My son you loves smoothies. So that would be appropriate for him. <laughs> yes. So yeah. make it a fun name and it, it goes a long way. Thanks and for the question. Fill you up. And oh yes. my gosh, it's really filling yes. up because it has healthy fat. <laughs> it has protein. It has okay. carbs. Yep. It, so, yeah, check out our website, weightandwellness.com. Click on recipes. And, again, it's called Protein Shake on our recipe page. All right, great. Thank Thanks for so calling. Much. All right, we have one more caller. Okay. Lindsay, thanks for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question about asthma. Yes, as a matter of fact, I am asthmatic, so this is an excellent topic for me Oh, today. great. Yeah. My question to you is um, I'm currently on Advair and Albuterol um, as, a, as a rescue inhaler. Oh, I've been on both of those. And <laughs> I'm just curious. I've also had a physical, and I'm concerned about bone health, kidney health. I'm now a little bit pre-diabetic, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking some of those drugs I'm concerned, I've been on them for a while, could be a dish possibly causing it or helping to cause part of the issue. Yep. But I'm wondering, can you actually get off meds safely um, because this can be a deadly disease if yes, it's not treated. Yes, you are right. So I want to make sure um, that I am paying attention and whether I continue to you know, stay on meds or whether the steroids are okay. They want to do a complete lung function test to find out where I'm at, which I'm terrified to do, mm-hmm. um, and then possibly switch over to Flovent, which is still a steroid, but it's just one less drug. And so I'm cons- my question is, is how do these effect- drugs affect the body, and is there another way to approach this without all these steroids and meds? And if it is foods, what kinds of foods? I know sugars are not good. Yep. I know all that kind of stuff. But I need to know what can I eat. Yep, those are great questions. So, and and first, kind of what we talked about a little bit earlier um, is, to, for, you know, the one big thing for me was I had an underlying intolerance to food that was causing mm-hmm. internal inflammation that was showing up in my lungs. Mm-hmm. And for me to completely walk away from those meds, it wasn't until I discovered that. Okay, well, I um, and just to let you know, those drugs, the Advair, and, you know, when you're taking Albuterol. the Albuterol, um, 
there's an adjustment period there. I couldn't just completely cut it off. Right. I, it was a slowly, it was a slow progression to get off. When I was on the Advair, um, if I missed a day, I had a, I had a lot of issues. You become dependent on it. Well, is the lung function test worthwhile then to find out where you're at, or not necessarily? I would say a good focus would probably be more to, I mean, first and foremost, work on your diet and work on making sure that you're eating. Which we're going to talk more about the food sources of what you can do uh, a little bit later on and um, walking away from those high sugar foods and finding more of a balance in the diet and also gut health. When you take the steroid drugs, unfortunately what happens is it it gets rid of your good bacteria and there's a lot of clinical um, studies that have shown that that low bacteria rate can actually cause more issues with asthma. Mm -hmm. And so working on your gut health and and cutting out the sugar foods really makes a difference. I'll be listening to see what we can eat. Yes, yes, great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for the call. You know, that was an absolutely excellent call, and I hope Lindsay's listening. What I wanted to say um, to her, but but I'm sure she's hanging up and listening, is that she really needs to come in for a consult. Yes. Because even like you said, Leah, you did so many things to get healthy and turn your life around, but the asthma never went away. And it wasn't until you sat down with Dar at Nutritional Weight and yep. Wellness, and she put the pieces of the puzzle together. And it's not going to be the same story for everybody oh, as exactly. it was for you. Exactly. So, um, a, a consult at Nutritional Weight and Wellness might be and yeah, huge, I knew huge a lot about Lindsay. nutrition. I and so it was very helpful for, to sit down with Dar and to really put the final put the pieces. final pieces. Well, guess what? No, it's time for another break. Uh, those come too fast. I know, but before we go to break, I want to ask you this: Do you have heartburn, bloating, constipation, or diarrhea? Or do you have an autoimmune disorder or some strong sugar or bread cravings? When we come back, Cassie's going to tell us about a great class that can help you with any or all of these issues. And if you have any questions regarding nutritional strategies for managing asthma, please call us today at 651-641-1071. If you changed your nutrition, could it change your life? What if I told you that you could change your life just by learning the secrets of balanced eating? Nutritional Weight and Wellness can teach you how. They will do an individual consultation for you, your husband, or your children. They will create an eating plan that fits your lifestyle. Whether you're experiencing migraines or sleeplessness, depression, digestive problems, fatigue, anxiety, or need help with weight loss, nutrition can change all of that. More than 90% of all health conditions can be traced back to nutritional issues. Let Nutritional Weight and Wellness help you. Call 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com to schedule your individual consultation at an office near you. That's weightandwellness.com. Let Nutritional Weight and Wellness help you. 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com to schedule your individual consultation. That's weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Cassie, registered dietitian. In studio with me is Leah, licensed nutritionist. Now, before we went to break, Leah mentioned that I have a class to tell you about, and the class is called Gut Reaction, How to Restore Digestive Health Through Nutrition. It's a great class. So if you're one of the millions of Americans suffering from heartburn 
or gas and bloating, or maybe it's constipation, this is a class you will want to sign up for. These are all indicators of digestive problems. And you know what? Poor digestive health, as Leah mentioned earlier when she was talking to Lindsay on the phone, poor digestive health is often linked to asthma too. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking more about that hopefully in a bit if we get time. This hour goes so fast. But if you take this class called Gut Reaction, you'll learn how the right foods and certain supplements can rebuild your intestinal health. And this Gut Reaction class is coming up in about a week. It's going to be taught Monday, February 27th in Minnetonka. And on that same night, we have another great class in osteo called Nutritional Solutions for Osteoporosis. And then we have lots of Balanced Foods for Balanced Moods classes coming up, which is always a really popular class. I know on Tuesday, February 28th, we have classes in various locations throughout the Twin Cities. And then also on Wednesday, February 29th, several Balanced Foods for Balanced Moods classes are being taught. So if you want to learn more or if you want to sign up, you can visit our website at weightandwellness.com. Just click on Classes, or you can call the office today at 651-699-3438. Two great classes. So we have another caller today I'd like to take. Yeah. Julie, thanks for calling Nutrition. You have a question about coconut milk? I do. I love the smoothie recipe on your website. Great. And I used to use coconut milk out of a can, and I was switched over to a carton to try to make it less, you know, to get more at one time. Yep. But um, when I look at the fat, the fat on the carton is like 5 grams versus yes. um, 11 grams yep. in a can. So my question is, what is the best thing to use? So I love coconut milk, and I'm, I'm kind of uh, a freak about coconut milk. <laughs> and I really liked the I like the canned coconut milk the best. And I was going to give a suggestion a little bit later, but I think I'm going to give it right now. Nice. I do a lot of times, actually at least once a day, I do a protein yeah. shake because it works either I'm using it for my breakfast or I split it up and I do it for my snacks when I'm busy at work and I don't and have... And you are very busy yeah, seven days. hours of clients. I don't ah. have a lot of time between clients to have a snack when I need to. So yeah. having that protein shake works great. Now, I do the dairy-free version with the canned coconut milk. And um, and that recipe would be you would substitute to do a fourth to a half of the a cup of that canned coconut milk. I like it better because, for one, it has the fat content that we need Mm -hmm. to keep us full plus it's just you know just coconut milk and water maybe a little bit of gorgon as emulsifier but the carton stuff has more ingredients in it and it's not as you know lower in fat more Mm -hmm. of a better alternative for a milk substitute Mm -hmm. um but you need that good quality fat and you get more of it out of the canned coconut milk. So kinds like Thai kitchen, you can find at most grocery stores in the Asian section or native florist is another brand. That's a a good quality brand. So I would choose the canned over the carton. But now I'm on the other side yeah. of the spectrum. <laughs> so you're going to hear two different perspectives. Yeah. And I do think it depends on the person. It does. Um, now I use the so delicious unsweetened carton stuff just because of ease of use, I can put it in my shaker yeah. bottle and I don't have to wait for it to get yep. liquefied like the stuff in the carton. I love the st- or the stuff in the can. Love the stuff in the can for my berries on my frozen berries at night. So I always have both at home. But oftentimes when I'm in a hurry and I'm going to make a quick shake, I use that stuff in the carton, Julie. And I use two cups. So I use 16 ounces. 
and then I get 10 grams of fat, which is pretty decent. Yep, that's what you're looking for. 10 grams mm-hmm. of fat and just two little grams of carbs. So you don't count it as a carb at all. You count it as your fat, um, you know, and then your fruit and then your protein powder. And I've done it as Leah has, and then you just need to add water to make it more liquid. But yep. But I also learned from Leah last week when she said some of her clients that are a little more sensitive Mm -hmm. don't do well when they use the stuff in the carton because it does have a few more ingredients. It's a little more processed. And Leah just last week, I had my first client that said, you know what? I didn't do so well with the stuff in the carton. The stuff in the can works better. So everybody's body is a little bit different. So one more question. When you use two cups to get the 10 grams of fat, um, do you also use yogurt? And how much yogurt would you use when you use two cups of milk? No, this is a dairy-free version. Both Leah and I are okay. are dairy-free. So if you're going to use coconut milk, skip um, the yogurt if you're going to use two cups. Now, if you wanted to use yogurt, then is it a cup of yogurt? It's, it's a cup it, of yogurt, yeah. yeah. And then a quarter cup of coconut milk for some added yeah, fat. Exactly, yeah. So in that case, would it be better for me to do the can where then I'm getting the more grams of fat? Oh, yes. If you're going to do the yogurt-based one, that recipe is on our website. Yep. Yeah. Then it would totally, then you, you want something more, um, yep. what do I want to say? The higher fat. Higher fat. fat. You need that good more quality fat. More concentrated yes. in fat. That's what I was looking exactly. for. Exactly. Great Excellent. question. Thanks. You guys are great. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks you for too. calling. All right, so we talked about the sugar. Now let's let's go on. Lindsay's looking for more ideas of things to make sure she's getting out of her diet. We talked yeah. about a little bit earlier. So not only do most processed food, going back to the processed foods, contain yes. sugar, but many of them also contain trans fats as well. I know. And you know what? Back when I was born, most of the things on the grocery store shelves didn't even have trans fats in them. But yep. now it seems like they're in almost every processed food that you pick up yes they are yep yep and trans fats uh, as well as processed oils such as corn oil soybean oil can really promote inflammation in our airways and cause asthma attacks and i believe that speaking from my own experience that inflammation in our airways can bring a lot of wheezing and coughing and make it really hard to breathe so we want to avoid the bad fats So let's talk about where these bad fats might be lurking in our food supply so people know which foods to be on the lookout for. You know, the first one that comes to my mind that so very many people in this country eat too much of is French fries. Yes, that's a good one. That's a good one. On average, a serving of French fries has right around 8 grams of these inflammatory trans fats. And it's not just the French fries. A lot of America's favorite foods have bad fats like Mm -hmm. Cool Whip, Store-bought pies, muffins, salad dressings, crackers, candy bars, buns, dinner rolls, and bakery goods Mm -hmm. contain lots of trans fats and processed oils, and they really have become widespread, and they're everywhere in this country. Right. They're even in microwave popcorn, which I know some people still think of as a healthy snack food. I know. I know. not so much. Well, I went out and bought a box. Cassie brought in a box of popcorn for us to share today. I'm sure, yeah, (laughs) my husband wondered what I was doing as I was leaving with a box of popcorn this morning. But um, I wanted to have a real-life example to talk about, and both Leah and I were just flabbergasted that there's actually foods with this much trans fats in them, right? Yes. So when I look at this box, and I'm not going to say the brand name, but Leah, you'll agree, right? A very well-known brand of microwave popcorn. One serving has four grams of trans fats. And how many servings are in a bag? 
Good point. So, because I used to sit down and eat a whole yeah. bag. Yeah, if you're going to sit popcorn. down to watch a movie, you're eating a whole entire bag of the popcorn, Easy right? To yeah, do. Mm-hmm. three servings in a bag. Oh my gosh! So, if we do the math on that, twelve grams of trans fats in a bag of popcorn, and popcorn is you know touted uh-huh. as a healthy yep. bedtime snack, right? Yep. Yeah, not so much. So if you haven't done this already, I do hope today is the day you make a commitment to ban trans fats. Your mm-hmm. lungs and your whole body will thank you. And we should remind listeners kind of what you should be looking for on the green. So it's always important to read right. your labels in an effort to steer clear of the trans fats. And there are two terms that you need to be looking for on your labels, and those are partially hydrogenated oils or mm-hmm. hydrogenated oils. If you see either of them on the ingredients list, then that food contains trans fats and you should put that right back on the grocery store shelf. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And you know, it's not just us saying this. There's research to back this up. And I brought some research with me today that was published in a journal called The New Scientist. And this was published in 2001. It's a publication that focuses more on environmental health research. But this one was looking at trans fats, and the study states margarine may be linked to the rise in asthma. Yes. Isn't that interesting? This was a study of kids in two different rural Australian towns, and they found that the kids who ate the most margarine and the most foods fried in vegetable oils, like we were talking corn oil, soybean oil, very processed, these kids were up to twice as likely to develop asthma compared to the kids who ate much less margarine, much less of the vegetable oils. Yes, yes, that's right. So we've talked about several possible triggers regarding asthma, the processed carbohydrates, sugars, trans fats, and processed oils. And I shared my story about how living the gluten-free and dairy-free life really helped control my asthma flare-ups. Now, Cassie, you were sharing with me just a little bit ago about Riley's story um, about, you know, his sensitivities. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering if it would be best for us to get to that, but first go to our last break. It's already time let's, for our yep, last let's break. Let's talk about that when we come back Yes, from break. I, It's a great story, so we want to share that. But we really want you to stay tuned because when we come back from break, Cassie's going to share some research regarding one of the key ingredients to maintaining weight loss. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I think many listeners would agree that when it comes to weight loss... When it comes to weight loss, the losing of the weight isn't always the biggest problem. For many people, the real challenge is in maintaining that weight loss, maintaining it for a lifetime. Now, as Leah mentioned, I have some research regarding a key piece of the puzzle when it comes to maintaining the weight loss you've worked so hard to achieve. Now, in this particular research study, they took a group of about 800 people Everybody had lost, on average, around 22 pounds, and they divided these people up into five groups. One group was the control group, so they were just eating whatever they would regularly eat, certain number of calories, though. And then the second group was eating low protein, not much Mm -hmm. animal protein, but also low glycemic index, so very little starches is what they mean by that, very little rice, um, very little potatoes or peas, That was one group. And keep in mind, everybody's on the exact same number of calories. Third group was, again, low protein, but high glycemic index, so starchy things. Low protein and potatoes and rice and breads. And then the, am I to the fourth group already? The other group was high protein, low glycemic index. That's what we teach, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Higher protein, 
um, that animal protein at every meal and every snack and keep the starches low. You know, if you're going to do rice, make sure it's brown rice and do just a half of a cup, that type of a diet. And what they found, this was a 26-week study, and at the end of 26 weeks, only the people in the low-protein, high-starch diet regained weight, and only those in the high-protein, low-starch group actually lost additional weight. Wow. Yeah, they were just hoping one of these groups would at least maintain yep. this weight loss. But the the high-protein, low-glycemic index, or low-starch group, actually lost additional weight. Hmm. We cool. knew that, yes. right? But yes. now it's backed by research. And the lead researcher, Dr. Thomas Larson, says here, going slightly higher than usually recommended in terms of animal protein consumption and lowering sugar and processed carbs can help people maintain weight loss. Wow. See, people Balanced follow Dar. Diets. Dar's been yes. saying this for 20 years. Yes. I think maybe he's, <laughs> he's following her tweets. She's on Twitter uh, now, you know. I think that's hilarious. But <laughs> 70 years old, she's on Twitter. I think I it's don't... great. I would have no idea how to be on Twitter. I know. So. I had me either. You go, Dar. <laughs> All right. So you were going to share a little bit about Riley's story. Yes. Um, I'm. Oh, we just have so little time. I, I do want to tell a little bit about Riley's story. Quickly, I want to address a question that came through, and um, they didn't go on air, but couple people apparently called regarding low-fat popcorn, and would that be better? Because we were talking about the trans fats in this particular brand that I have here in studio with me today. Um, you know, at least you probably would not be getting trans fats with a low-fat popcorn, but it's probably going to trigger an asthma flare-up because, you know, we were just talking about high glycemic index. Yes. Popcorn is a food that has one of the highest glycemic Mm -hmm. indexes. It turns to sugar really fast in your body, and it's going to spike your blood sugars really high. So from that standpoint, we're not advocates of popcorn in any sense. And then about Riley, you know, yeah, I want to share briefly a little bit about him because I know somebody out there listening will benefit from this story. Most of the regular listeners know that Riley has celiac and he also has a dairy allergy, and we figured that out about two years ago, but then about a year and a half ago. He was still four, almost five. We had the gluten out, we had the dairy out, but he started to have some additional pretty concerning symptoms other than the symptoms that had been um, at the base of things with his celiac disease. And one thing was he started going to the bathroom about every 15 minutes. It was crazy. I mean, first I thought diabetes and mm-hmm. I had him test his the sugar in his urine and it wasn't that. But yeah, he was peeing, not the other one, but peeing every 15 minutes. And he started wetting the bed at night, which he hadn't done since he was two, year, two years old. Wow. But most concerning, he started having these episodes of not being able to catch his breath. Mm-hmm. Just random times. Like I remember one time we were driving to daycare. So he's just sitting in his booster seat in the back and he started gasping for air. So scary That's for very him, scary. Scary for me. Um, I'm sure if I had taken him to the doctor, they would have said asthma, but I knew something else was going on. So trying to keep a long story short, we went out to La Crosse, Wisconsin, to Allergy Associates and did some testing there and found out that he has an egg allergy. Yes. And we were doing eggs Mm -hmm. every day, you know, and for somebody without an allergy, eggs are a very healthy food, but we came to find out they weren't healthy for him. And when we got the eggs out of the picture... In 24 hours, all of those scary things that were happening went away. Yep. So it's another thing to look at for some people. And I'm sure some of the listeners will be able to put this into practice, improve mm-hmm. their health or their child's health. So keep in mind that egg allergies is one of the second most common food allergies in kids. In kids. Second to dairy allergies being the most common. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we need to get to, we're getting to the end of the show, some real life examples yes. of what we do. we promised. 
two, you know, eat healthy breakfasts and maybe some snack ideas. So instead of breakfast cereal, I know we talked about that a little bit earlier, it's alternatives. What I do now, because I used to eat a lot of breakfast cereal, yes. what I do now for breakfast a lot of the times is, you know, I can eat eggs. So I do a couple eggs. And I was thinking about some of the breakfasts I had this week. Yeah. I had two eggs, two cups of kale, and coconut oil. Num. So per- you just stir-fried yep. the kale into the eggs yeah, and exactly. cook that all in coconut oil. Exactly. But you know what I often do for breakfast? I eat leftovers. Me too. Yes. Two cups Call of- us weird. We yes. don't care. Two cups of chili. Mm. Thinking outside the box makes yep. for a great balanced breakfast it does you know and if you have kids and you're trying to make the switch because change is hard for any of us so certainly if your kids are used to typical breakfast fare and then you pull out the chili you might get some some pushback but what i and my kids are used to that but i they were starting to get tired of chili and i didn't want to let go of that good breakfast so i bought fun little bowls at target that have a rocket at the bottom and so the deal is now when we have chili for breakfast they love it because that's the only time they get their rocket bowls. Yes. And they have a competition to see who can get to the rocket first. Oh, that's great. So sometimes that's it's cute. just being creative. Yes. But, Leah, those are great breakfast ideas. Yes. And think about, you know, the eggs. You don't like fish, but you get fish oil from the egg yolk if you're buying yeah, organic threes, yep. eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, you didn't mention eggs. No, did I did. You? I did mention yes, eggs. eggs and yep, kale. I did, yes. And yes. the chili. But yep. eggs and kale, yep. so they're eggs, you're getting omega-3s. And with chili, if you use grass-fed beef in your chili, you're also getting omega-3s. And we know omega-3s help to downplay inflammation Inflammation. in the lungs. Yep, exactly. And so some snack ideas, you know, to keep your blood sugar balanced because you want to do that to avoid any asthma flare-ups. You don't want to get too much sugar and you want to keep yourself, you know, pretty stable throughout the day. Some ideas that I gave earlier were, you know, I do the dairy-free protein shake. And I actually use uh, with that a protein powder called J-Rob Egg White Protein instead of doing the whey protein. And like I said, I do the canned coconut milk and the, the bear. Or other ideas I do is sometimes I do a crockpot drumstick. I forgot about that. You know, Christina that used to work with us told me, don't you just yep. throw all the organic um, drumsticks into the crockpot yep. and throw over and what dressing? I think yep. you could use pretty much any, any dressing. Do you have a favorite? Yeah. I, you know, I use a lot of the Drews and the Annie's yep. dressings in the grocery store that you can find at most grocery stores. Um, I, once a week I do this. And you just cook it on low, low for about six hours. At, six to eight hours while I'm at work. Come back and then I have breakfast ideas. I have snacks. snacks. Yep. yep. It, those are great um, healthy snacks and maybe with that I do like a small apple and some almonds or you know those good organic Thousand Hills beef sticks. Yes. Love those Thousand Hills beef sticks and yes. those are at the co-ops and you can also get them at Coburn's. You know one of my favorite snacks is just some leftover steak. That's a great idea. Steak is my favorite food so just a couple ounces leftover steak um, you know, sometimes I put some red and yellow bell peppers just raw with that and dip it in a little ranch dressing. And we have a great homemade ranch recipe on our website. Super simple, tastes delicious. If you just go to weightandwellness.com and click on recipes, it's under the snack section. Yes, yes. And if you buy the grass-fed beef, it's rich in those anti-inflammatory omega-3s that we talked about that help reduce the asthma inflammation. And Cassie, you were telling me about your favorite salmon salad recipe in the show, which has another source of uh, the great omega-3s. Yes, I love Dar's recipe for salmon cakes. It's just the right combination of salmon, wild rice, peppers, and onions. 
Um, super delicious. You can find it on our website as well. Again, just go to weightandwellness.com and click on recipes. Great. So we've really kind of touched base and talked about a lot of really good healthy foods that have, you know, the the anti-inflammatory properties that we're looking for. It's important to make sure you're getting the good protein with the high omega-3s, the ones that we outlined, and the vegetables are great anti-inflammatory foods. In addition to the healthy fats, like we talked about today, like the coconut oil, you know, even a good real butter is great. Olive oil yeah. is great anti-inflammatory fat to use. And I use a lot of those on a daily basis. Right. Yes. Right. Goes back to protein, carb, and yes. healthy fat. Those three things about every three hours. Exactly. With you know, meals and with snacks. And right. it really helps to keep your internal inflammation at bay. Yep, because it keeps your blood sugars at balanced. They do. Yep. And as we're about to wrap up our hour with you, I hope that each of you listeners with asthma imagines a life without any difficulty breathing. I mean, your asthma basically put into remission, as Leah has done for herself. Yes. Um, you know, controlling your asthma naturally... You know, some people might say curing it. It starts with you because the pharmaceutical drugs can't cure asthma. And you know what? There's no incentive for the pharmaceutical and the medical industries to cure asthma. So it really has to start with you. You're responsible for the food that you choose to put in your mouth day in and day out. So as we talked about today, kick that sugar habit. Get rid of the processed carbohydrates and start eating real food. Um Yes. Right? Yes, it really is. And really what we know and what I can attest to is that no matter what problem you're dealing with, food can be your problem or really food can be be your solution. solution. It's really up to you. Yes. So have a great weekend. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.